They call Love my Talk name. Radio. Talk Radio. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy day before the celebrated birth of Christ's birthday. So happy you're here. And guess what? I know that is Monday. I promise you, I'm very aware that it is Monday. But guess what? Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer today on Monday. How about that? Because. This show is so important to us, and we could not stand missing one opportunity to be a blessing to the kingdom and a blessing to anyone who listens, actually. So especially with this study, especially when we're talking about renewing your mind, and and so many things go into that, and Michael is so ready. And I even asked, Michael, are you sure you want to do this today? You don't want to wait until Wednesday? And, of course, Michael says, uh, I'll be out of town Wednesday. We can do it today. <laughs> I was like, okay, because <laughs> I know it's going to be amazing. I know it's going to be amazing. For those who are just tuning in for the first time with us, you're listening to Loretta McNary Live. The show airs live and is a call-in show, so feel free to call in and, and join in our conversation or just simply listen. And these shows are also available in archive 24-7, 365 days a year. So you can go back and listen to old shows or listen to this show over and over again. Invite your friends and family to do the same. You can find me, Loretta McNary, at LorettaMcNary.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and so many other places coming up in the new year. And you can also find Michael Farmer at Facebook and also Google him, man, because Michael has it going on. He is definitely an up-and-coming um Biblical scholar, teacher, presenter that I'm sure you're going to see on the word network or TVN or GMC. You're going to see and hear this name more often as it relates to building the kingdom. Let me give you just a background on him. And please feel free to call in today. Um, the phone number is 347-539-5772. Um, Michael Farmer serves as founder and CEO of Discipleship International Incorporated. And i got to tell you, Discipleship International Incorporated is a huge sponsor of Loretta McNary Live. And so um, Discipleship International Incorporated is a teaching and resource ministry with an emphasis on fulfilling Christ's commission to make disciples of all nations and perfecting saints in the body of Christ. Michael concurrently leads as founder and managing member of the Glory Corporation, LLC, a full-service apparel and advertising company that provides uniforms, T-shirts, and advertising specialty items to a wide client base across multiple industries and multiple states as well. Michael worships faithfully at the Breath of Life Christian Center, where he facilitates the new members orientation class. He holds tenure as teacher and facilitator in several institutes and worked as dean of ministry for the Developmental Institute for three years. Michael is also a husband married to the beautiful Miss Priscilla, and he is a father, and he is blessed with five daughters and a grandfather of two grandkids. So everybody, welcome to Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our own special spiritual, personal coach and guru. Hi, Michael. Wow, I wonder who she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just trying to be modest. I'm just I'm just trying to be modest before the holidays. I I'm right now I'm just feeling really good. Went and had me a really good workout today so I can go outside of my traditional nutritional constrictions. (laughs) So I can really eat tonight and tomorrow. 
love so, that. But it is, it, it, uh, it, it's, it's good to uh, be back on uh, this show again. I, for some reason, I look forward to this show the minute it closes on, on Tuesday and, the course, today on Monday. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again within the next five minutes. So I'm always in expectancy of what's going to happen. happening, huh? And, of course, anytime there's expectancy, there's hope and faith. So we, my hope and faith is on the line that our listeners will be blessed on today. Uh, I certainly decrease before I come on here that the Spirit of God may increase in me so that you can be a faithful hearer and also an even more faithful doer of the things that you receive on today and just receive these things as the Word of God. So we thank you for tuning in, taking of your busy time, especially on today with it being Christmas Eve. We know it's probably one of the busiest days of, of the year for everybody getting ready for the last-minute shopping and expecting to entertain guests on tonight. And so we're going to get into it uh, in a minute here, but I just want to just thank uh, Loretta for providing me this opportunity to do this. We've been at it now for two months, and I just pray that God continue to bless her, you know, 100-fold for, you know, if you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And uh, I truly believe that she's receiving a prophet's reward as we speak. So, Pass off to you, Definitely. And I want to add to Michael because I know I want to uh, remind everybody that while Michael is a awesome biblical scholar, Michael also operates where he can get these spiritual downloads. So these nuggets will come from him that, um, and almost immediately from his spirit out into the um, audio part of this show. So make sure you have your pen and pencil ready. He will also back everything he says with scripture. So you know it is not Michael talking, it is definitely um, divinely orchestrated. And like when you said that um, we have that we should have expectation and match that with faith, um, yes. and I, I know you wanted to say this, but I received it that that equals manifestation. So when you yes, have right. expectation matched with your faith or you have faith matched with expectation and the works of that faith and the thing you believe in, then you're going to see a manifestation of that expectation. So um, I I will try and, and put some of this stuff out on Facebook, as you said, but it comes so fast that I can't type as fast. And I'm also digesting everything you're saying as well as a person and also the host of the show. So um, everybody get ready. Just get ready. <laughs> Make sure you – you might even want to record it while we're talking so you can, if you can't write fast because I know I have to do that because I, I can't write it as fast as it comes from Michael's spirit to us. So um, everybody just get ready and just expect that this will um, – change your life. It will definitely change the way you think about things if you allow it. You know, this is something that you have to embrace and respond to and react to. So if you do that, I promise you, your whole life will change because this is very biblical. All right, Michael, let's dive in there, Uh, renewing your mind. (laughs) Okay, but uh, before we do that, I want to just recommend that everybody go back to the archives and uh, listen to the previous message. I think we've Messages we've been at this now for what about eight nine weeks, and we started out with "Are you truly born again?" Uh, we followed that up with the message on faith for about four weeks, and now we started the re- renewing of the mind. And the reason I say that is because even though each one of these topics or lessons can stand on their own, they're all intertwined and interconnected uh, with the information. So if you can go go back and just get nuggets from them, uh, because 
we're pretty much building um, a house, as you speak. We've already laid the foundation of salvation, and we're just constantly adding on that. And sometimes we add another foundation, which basically is another floor to this building. So if you can go back and do that, it would really uh, in, enhance the uh, the experience that you get on today and in the weeks to come. And with that said, we started last week on Renewing the Mind. I think at some point after the show, I said, I think I kind of loaded them with too much information, <laughs> but... But by way of uh, review, I just want to give the um, support scriptures for what we're talking about for the next two or three weeks on this topic. And it comes out of Romans 12 and 2, which says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, very key phrase there, that you may prove, what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God is looking for us to prove to other people what his will is. I know I think I hear people praying a lot sometimes, and they want God to prove to the world what his world, what his will is. But he, he has us now in the earth to prove that will out on his behalf since we have his spirit. And also the next foundation of scripture is found in Ephesians 4, 22 and 23, and it says that you put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit or the attitude of your mind. So those are the two support scriptures for that, and everything that we're going to talk about is going to hinge on those two support scriptures. Um, if you study those verses, you'll see that transformation is always preceded by the renewing of your mind. When you're trying to transform your finances, when you're trying to transform your body, when you're tra trying to transform your home, it all it all starts in the mind. And we talked about, uh, I think it was 10 different aspects of the mind, the first three being the one that we're going to really focus on. So we're going to run through those right quickly, write them down, and it to be a pivotal point uh, of, of concerning the things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, the first of it being the thoughts. The other one concerns uh -huh. your memory. The next one is your imagination. And we're going to come back to those three in just a minute here. Uh, the next one being your consciousness, which means that you're aware or that you're awake. Uh, it always also talks about your perception. Also talks about reasoning talks about choices. The most powerful part, I think, of your mind is the will, and that's the thing that God imparts into us, and also concepts and ideas. So of those ten, we definitely want to cue in on thoughts, and the thoughts are basically the forms that you create in the mind, and it's the process by which imaginary sense perceptions arise and then we manipulate those sense perceptions and it's form these things called thoughts. And of course we want to uh just for the sake of this lesson only talk about uh the sense perceptions uh, dealing with the five natural senses and then we may springboard into some other areas, especially perception is one that we talked about. Second one is your memory. Your memory is your ability to store, retain, and to recall information, and that's the concept that the computer is based upon, the exact same 
philosophy, and also your imagination, and your imagination is the ability to form mental images, sensations, and concepts in a moment when they are not perceived through the senses. So that's the difference between thought, your thoughts and your imaginations. Sense perceptions uh-huh. influence your thoughts. Imaginations, they're not influenced by your senses. And we talked about your thoughts, dealing with the present, talked about the memory, dealing with the past, and talked about the imagination, dealing with the future, and in some cases, eternity. So that's a lesson within itself. And as I said last week, I'm not going to delve too deep into that one. I'm not going to delve too deep into it, but uh, we're going to touch on it without going uh, so deep into it because I don't want to confuse you with too much information, give you information overload. So going yeah, forward, you were so worried today, about that last Tuesday. I'm like, Michael, we were okay. We knew we were laying the foundation and that it was going to be more hands-on coming up after we lay the foundation because that's just part of how you teach. So we're okay. Okay, we're good. Well, Loretta says okay, and oh, hey, I'm going for it. Okay, <laughs> now, with, now, now with, with that in mind, I want to I want to deal with a scripture today. Um, uh, and it is found in Matthew 22 and 37. It is also found in Mark 12 and 30, and it's also found in Luke 10 and 27. So all three of the writers of what we of what we call the Synoptic Gospels made reference to this scripture because it's a it's a concept that Jesus put forth, a principle that he put forth. And I'm I'm going to read it from Matthew. Okay. And it's Matthew what chapter again? Matthew 22, and we're going to start at verse number 37 is the key verse, but I always try to find a good starting place because I don't like starting in the middle of a thought. Um, Let's start with verse number 35. Well, go to 34. It said, but when the Pharisees had heard... Yeah, 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him, asked a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And, of course, he's actually, he's quoting uh, from the law in Deuteronomy 6 and 5. But the thing that fascinated me about the Deuteronomy scripture is that instead of using the word mind, it uses the word might. I said, hmm. So, of course, you know, a light bulb kind of went off when I saw that. I said, because Deuteronomy says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Jesus quoted in all three instances, it's mine. So he, so, so your mind is your might. That's, that's where your might begins. Just like uh, when I go to the gym, one of the first things that you have to do before you go to the gym is make sure that your mind is right. You can't go in there tired and and fatigued and say, I can't do this today. I don't feel like doing this today. Well, you're going to get yourself hurt. So if you uh, go in there and say, okay, I I, I lifted 100 pounds last week, and my goal is to lift 120 this week, well, that begins in your mind first. So 
for the beginning of your might and pushing the amount of force to push up that 120 pounds begins in your mind. So that's why it's important that we grasp the whole of this concept of the mind because the mind, everything that you do starts in the mind. And when you're looking to change things in your environment, then you have to go through a transformation of renewing your mind concerning whatever area that you're in. And, of course, we're talking about changing the mind in its totality, especially in the ten aspects that we talked about, your thoughts, your memory, and your imagination being the main three that we're going to deal with. So I think I mentioned last week about the concept of fear. And as I said, fear begins in the mind as and imagination. Sometimes we fear things and it's, they're not real. Fear isn't real. Now, there are, now when, it, when it comes to fear or when it comes to faith, you have to kick in this concept called imagination because if, if, if God says you are healed and then your body is constantly experiencing pain, then you're you're now you can't lean on your thoughts. You can't lean on your memory to say, man, I've, I've been hurting like this for five days. You have to lean on your imagination, which says, with his stripes, you are healed. So you have to use your imagination to imagine that you are healed, that you are up and walking, and that you are free from this pain. So that's how powerful the imagination is, and that's one aspect of the mind that you really have to work on renewing is your imagination. And if you did a study on that word, uh, might, that's what it deals with in Deuteronomy 6 and 5. You should love the Lord with all your heart, which means the core or the essence of who you are, with all your soul, which talks about your will and your intellect, and then also with all that might. And another word you can put in there is your imagination. So I just want to... Uh, Pause here for a minute to let that soak in for a second. And if you got anything you want to interject at this time, Miss Loretta, you can go for yeah, it. Yeah, because, you know, when we start talking about perception and then we talk about reality and then we talk about imagination, I don't think we have enough conversations about imagination. And to me, imagination is so powerful. It's like a weapon, one of the most powerful weapons that is in in existence compared when you know, inclusive of the mind and the totality of everything in the mind, first of all. So I, I think what has happened there's a disconnect between our even having imaginations, you know, using our imagination for the good of who we are and our purpose. And I'm sure we're probably going to talk more about that. I don't want to get ahead of what, what your plan is for um, when we talk about imagination. But I have realized and I have seen personally when I do my workshops, especially with women, that the imagination is so dormant. It's just not and then it, it just lies there. We aren't using it because things first have to stop and start in your mind. Everything first starts starts in your mind. It's a thought first. A thought is energy. So I know we're going to talk about it, so I don't want to jump ahead, so I'm just going to say, people, please pay attention to this because it all starts and ends in our mind. 
it, everything, everything that you see now today, it started with a thought in somebody's mind, good and bad, evil and good, positive and negative. <laughs> so just just hang in there with us, and then you'll, you'll, you'll see it. But right now this is a learning, which is hard and difficult for some of us because we want to just be out there hands-on, right? We want to hear stuff that we're used to hearing. But right now we got to build all of this because it's called renewing means change, increase, Make brand new, make over so that you can get different results. That's right. And I'm glad you mentioned that word renew or the word renewal. If you want to just a simple definition for it, it means to renovate. Because I'm quite sure everybody's been through some type of renovation process in their lives uh, at, at some point. And then, of course, we know the big term that you today is makeover. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, you got, you got financial makeovers, you got physical makeovers, you go in and they turn out homes and they're completely making over those um, people's homes and everything. So that's that's what this is all about is sometimes you have to go in there and root out all of that old stuff that's in your mind before you start to plan and build. And I think there's a scripture that deals with that. We're going to talk about it later. But I want to, yeah. uh, make, reference to, I want to make reference to what we talked about on last week that was found over in um, – the book of Colossians, chapter 3. So if you want to turn back there for a minute, because I, I think this is going to be a pivotal um, scripture that we use here in uh, verses, the foundation scripture that we already alluded to. So go back to Colossians, chapter 3. Okay. And, of course, we, we started verse 1 and worked our way all the way down to verse, I think, number... Uh, Number fourteen, but if you can read the entire uh, that entire chapter, wow, it's it's a powerful thing. But what it does, it it basically puts the process of renewal in your court. It puts the ball in your court, so to speak. And as, as I said, I hear people praying all the time. Well, Lord, do this, and Lord, do this, and Lord, do this. And he said, Well, I would like to, but I already put it in my word that you got to do it. And he's not mm-hmm. going to do something that he's empowered you to do. Uh, you to do. Um, he's more. God is more concerned about doing what we call the supernatural, because we can't do the supernatural. Everything naturally we have to do. So, wow. So 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 so. And you know we do. We say I'm waiting, and it just I'm like when I hear people say I'm waiting, and then they tell me what they're waiting on. I'm like that's all within your power. You you waiting on God to do that? Are you serious? Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, wow, God's done all He's gonna do when it relates to that. He's giving you what you need to to fulfill the thing. That's Especially right. when it every, comes to writing. Well, I'm just need. waiting. I'm like, wow. No, you don't have to wait. You you have everything you need. So, but this this Colossian scripture, uh, third chapter. It wow, yeah, I think it's one of the best ones in the Bible that that tells you that you're responsible for doing this. So we're going to, um, I'm going to read it from the uh, one of my favorite versions of the Bible. It's not in the, in huge circulation, but it's called the Bible in basic English. It literally uses 700 English words in the entire Bible, and it uses 300 additional English words just for the, for the purpose of appropriate uh, Translation from one from one language to the to the next. So it, in essence, uses one thousand English words to in, interpret or translate the entire Bible. Um, 
Let me find that version. It's good yeah. for reading. There, there are some versions I use for reading. There are some versions I use for study. I basically use King James for study because I like to uh, go back and uh, review, you know, what the words actually mean in the Hebrew when I'm studying the Old Testament, also in the Greek when I'm studying the New Testament. So the King James is, is my go-to version for study, and the Bible in basic English um, is one of my go-to versions for just reading. I just want to just get in here and just read and not just try to dissect and break things down. And sometimes I have to make myself do that. Well, here we go. Let's 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 read it. It said, "If then it said, if then you have a new life with Christ, give your attention to the things of heaven, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God." So all this, like I said, this is I ter- I term this the personal rep- personal responsibility scripture. It said, if you if then you have a new life with Christ, implied there is you give your attention to the things of heaven, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So God is not going to turn your attention there. You have to purposely turn your attention to where Christ is. And it says, keep your mind on the higher things, not on the things on the earth. That's in verse 2. Verse 3 says, for your life on earth is done, and you have a secret life, with Christ in God. Wow, that's that's powerful. It says, so your life on earth is done. It's, it's kaput. It's, it's like it is finished. So you now have a secret life or, or, or this brand new life, and it's with Christ in God. And, and where is Christ in God right now? Verse 1 says he's seated at the right hand of God. So that means mm-hmm. that so you have to use your imagination to say, okay, even though I'm physically here in this earth, I have to take my mind up to where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And the only way you can do that is to use your imagination. That's the only way you can get there. So you have to picture yourself with him. So you have to picture yourself there with him. Verse 4 says, at the coming of Christ, who is our life, you will be seen with him. It didn't say you will be seen by him. It said at the coming of Christ, who is our life, you will be seen with him in glory. How is it that we're going to be seen with him? Because we've already been with him from the beginning, because our mind is always there on him. It's oh. not on the things on the earth. So we, so it's, you have to, and I think, and you hear people when they go through traumatic situations, they use this, this concept or this philosophy. But he said, you need to do this every day. This is something that you have to do daily. You have to exactly. consider that your life here on the earth is done. You have no life here on the earth. And you have to say, well, my life, well, my sustenance now is to focus on the things that pertain to Christ, being the head and also the body. Then let's look at verse 5. It says, then put to death, talking about you put into death your bodies which are of the earth, and they give some things what they are. These are some things that you need to put to death, wrong use of the flesh, unclean mm-hmm. things, passion, evil desires, and envy, which is the worship of strange gods. Verse 6 the cause of which the wrath of God comes on those who go against his orders. So it said the wrath of God comes on who? Those who go against his orders. Those who go against, right. So so when we see the wrath of God being manifested in the earth and we are the recipients of that wrath, what does that tell us? I mean, I haven't been doing the thing that he's instructed me to do. Look at verse number and it's seven, all right here, too. I mean, it, it's not like you got to guess. It's not a hit or miss where maybe this is what he's talking about. He tells us right there in Colossians. I'm so glad that you brought this up. And i got to say, Mike, I want you know how I am. I have to 
take these things and then I get it after you say it. Sometimes I want to go back to, to verse 5 and 6, but first I want to uh, interject here when you said um, the only way to really be um, with Christ here while we're, we're here on this earth is to imagine that we're there. We imagine everything else. We imagine exactly. all this stuff that could happen. We imagine, like you know, we wish upon a star that we could do things that you know. If you don't, if you don't really have what it takes, and it's not part of your, your God's will for you, then you're just imagining, wishing for nothing. So you got to know God's word so you can line up your will with His will, and that's when you see all of this manifestation in such a way that that's when the exceedingly abundantly comes. I believe when it only comes, you know, we like praying that prayer all the time. You know, God said He's going to bless me exceedingly and abundantly above all I could think, ask, or pray for. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. Everything in the Bible is true. But this is this is where we miss the mark. It's the things that we want more of and not necessarily lined up with what God is telling us that he wants to give us more of. And that causes us to get depressed. It causes us to not trust God so much But because you have to know what God is saying, and the only way to know what he's saying is to be a reader, a hearer, and a doer of his word, and to have studies like this. I mean, you can't yes. do this all by yourself. There's no way no, you, you can sit and read the Bible every day and get what you need to get out of it. I'm sorry, because that's just one person's interpretation that you're going to get from reading it. That's why you have to have shows like Loretta McNeer Presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer. That's why you have church on Sundays, Wednesdays, and whatever day else you can go. And that's why you have other ministries that have CDs and tapes, and you have books like Faith for the Next Step and the books that Michael is working on and books that other people, because that helps us become more who we are intellectually, and it also supposedly helps you to imagine things more. It's like you only know one kind of stove, and that's a gas stove and an electric stove, the one that you've been having for 40 years. But, honey, there are a ton, there are a thousand million more kinds of stoves, and they call them ranges now. But you've got to open up the magazines. You've got to go to the store to see them so that you can imagine for more and bigger. Okay. That's, that's right. Little, yeah, little that's right. You have to you have to go to the home shows like that. You have to, in in order to yeah, you have to expand your mind, and that's all we're talking exactly. about now. Expand your mind. That's right. Renewing that mind through. So, but 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 it, but it all starts with, uh, and of course, we always speak in the context of that which pertains to Christians, because this is a this is a a, a show that's designed for Christians, because it's, it's the whole purpose of it is discipleship. Is to build a fight. Is to make disciples of everybody. So, so, so when we're talking, we're for. Well, don't say everybody point. again, please, because some people think it's just for pastors, it's just for bishops. Certain things are just no. He no, said of everybody, all of us. It it pertains to everybody, and even if we have a non-believer that's listening, I mean, hopefully it 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 can it can turn how you think concerning the things of, of God and, and the world and his creation and bring you into the fold as well. So, it's, you know, it, I, I believe what we're doing can reach, you know, you know, hundreds and thousands of people if they are willing to listen um, and also put the information into use. It kind of, with that said, it kind of uh, reminds me of the scripture that says, uh, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and most people quote that, mm-hmm. but there, are, but, but there is a verse that comes behind Before that. Before that, well, no, there's one that actually comes behind that. Actually. That actually quali- that actually qualifies what it says, 
And it simply says that because you have rejected knowledge, the lack of knowledge that most people deal with is because they reject the knowledge. I think that's what Hosea 4 and 6 let me go here right quick. Mm-hmm. It's not from lack of knowledge, then. It's because you rejected what I was trying to give you. Exactly. Hosea. Okay. Let me let me get back to the King James uh, to read this particular verse. Yes, here it is. It says, uh, no, it, it, it's actually in the same verse. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And some people say a lack of knowledge. No, it, it, A is talking about a definite article. Well, A is not in there. That's something we put in there. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's something that we choose to do. And then there's a colon, which means to qualify or to describe. And it says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Another colon, which qualifies or describes, saying thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. As they will mm. increase, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I would change their glory into shame. So so the lack of knowledge that's prevalent in the earth today is not because there's a lack of information. Most people just reject the information they are getting, just like some people listen today. And because the things that they have heard to the contrary because of custom or because of religion or because of tradition, they will reject what I'm saying today, even though I'm bringing it straight out of the Bible and even when I speak the things I speak by revelation, I also use scripture to back that up so I can have a basis for it. And they will still reject it. But as we talked about last, last week, if you receive a prophet and the name or the character of a prophet, and, and I'm not going to go into that like we did last week, then you receive a prophet's reward. So just let go of the pride, let go of all that you have learned, contrary to what we are talking about, and just receive it and watch your life begin to change. And so, sometimes I put guarantees out there, but I'm not putting a guarantee out there today because God didn't tell me to. Okay, okay. Well, well okay. now, now, now. Now that was a side. There, there was a side track. I just had to go there on. Um, you know, and I'm glad you did scripture. because oh my goodness, oh Michael, that that verse right there, what you just quoted about um, receiving a prophet and then getting the prophet's um, reward. Yes, I think we should do a show on that because I know that some of the stuff that I have been blessed to enjoy, blessed to have, blessed to do, is not always because of my diligence in being. Um, prayerful and faithful and expecting, sometimes it's because of my association, <laughs> and I realize that. A lot of times, a lot of the times, because it blows my mind what God does in my life, and it's not because of, of singularly the things that I've done or I've prayed for or that people have prayed for for me. It is because I align myself or I, I try to align myself up with God's people and, you know, their corporate blessings for, um, and then their individual blessings and then they're just blessings just because. But a lot of the stuff that we get is just because of what you just said, and I think we should do a show on that because people need we to will. understand that. We will. We'll, we, we, and, you know, so we'll do that uh, in the uh, – 
I'm starting a new year, and I think I also want to do, after we finish this, I think I want to do some teaching on finances, too, as well. Oh, we got to uh, do finances, because, because that's one of my and I think you should follow this series, because the renewing of your mind, and you know how you talked to me when we had one of our counseling sessions, yeah. all of that, the financial part is so huge, and people, they can quote the scriptures about it, about, you know, Deuteronomy 8, you know, God gives us the yeah. power to get wealth and all that. That that's true. Like I said, everything that we're talking about is true. But you got to know more than just the the scripture that tells you that. You got to have some history of it. You got to talk about your own history. Why are you make the decisions you make about finances? Why do you think how you think about money? And until you come clear on that and you you get rid of some of that old stuff, a lot of your finances that you're trying to get, your prosperity that relates to finances, it's just not yeah. going to happen because. Of the way you think about it and the way you've been taught about it. You don't know how to release it. That's right. That's true. Okay, well, let's let's, let's get back on. Okay, now, that was the side road. Now, now remember, when you're on a a journey, the the main road gets you to your destination. The side road meets needs. (laughs) Woo! What did you say, Michael? That was deep. I always, I always remember when you're in your destination, like when you plan your journey, say so we're leaving here and going to California. Well, we know that Interstate 40, for the most part, is going to get me there. That's, that's the main highway. But when I take those exits and we take what I call side roads, and we take that exit and go on another road, then we're meeting needs. That means we're refueling. That means we're, we're eating. Uh, that means we're using the restroom or, or just stretching our legs or just, taking in some sights or just re- recreating ourselves. Because sometimes, especially as men, you know, we can we can get on a journey and we 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 ready to get there. And if there were no such thing as exes, we'll be glad. <laughs> but, but but sometimes you, but sometimes you have to get off on those side roads or you have to take those exits and to meet the needs of those who are going along with you. Sometimes I've been praying for an answer for a particular thing. And usually when I take those side roads, that's usually what I believe, that I'm answering somebody's prayer or I'm, I'm meeting up, up an immediate need during that time. So so just just always think about that concept when it, when it comes to uh, uh, teaching uh, the Word of God and you are taught, teaching on particular subjects. Sometimes you have to take those side roads. And it, may, and it may not be for you, but it may be for somebody else. I love that. <laughs> I love that, so, Michael. So, so, so now we've met some needs. Let's get back on the main highway called renewing the mind. <laughs> so, and 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 I think I was yeah. We let's go back. We were we were reading this scripture in Colossians, and I was using the Bible in basic English. I want to finish that up uh, before I do anything today. And then okay. well, I'll be through, and I'll be finished laying the foundation, and then we'll start building. Um, and verse, then we stopped off at verse six, uh, where it says, "Because of because of which the wrath of God comes on those who are against His orders." And of course, it it was making reference to verse five, people who do all the all those wrong things. Then it says, "Among whom you were living in the past when you did such things." So. He's he's implying here that even though I'm talking to you, he said I'm 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 really assuming that you're not even doing these things. He said when he said you these are the things that were happening in your past. 
He said, but now it is right for you to put away all these things. And then he named some more, wrath, passion, bad feeling, curses, unclean talk. Do not make false statements to one another because you have put away the old man with all his doings. So these are indicative of what the old man or the old nature is doing. Then look at verse 10, one of my, I just came in here just to verse 10 really to bring it home. It's a, and how put on, and what's inferred there is you. Remember, there, there's always an implied subject, and you have put on, or I have put on the new man, which has become new in knowledge after the image of his maker. Wow, I like that. That is, that is good stuff. He said, where there is no Greek or Jew, no one with circumcision or without circumcision, no division between nations, no servant or free man, but Christ is all and in all. So this new man has no no identification with racial makeup, it has no identification with uh, religious makeup, has no uh, identification with whatever nation you come from, not even being a servant or being free. He said, but Christ is all and in all. Look at verse uh uh, 12. It says, as saints of God. I was God, hoping you would do 12. Huh? I, said, I was hoping you would do 12 and do 14. Yeah. Yes. So so look at verse 12. Then it says, as saints of God, then holy and dearly beloved. So he's describing who he just believed who he's talking to. As saints of God, then holy and dearly beloved. Let your behavior be marked with pity and mercy kind feeling, a low opinion of yourselves, and it, it doesn't, it, no, it didn't, it's a low opinion, it didn't say low esteem, it's a low, low opinion of yourself. It's a right. gentle way, yeah. it's a gentle ways and a power of ongoing, all, undergoing all things, being gentle to one another and having forgiveness for one another. If anyone has done wrong to his brother, even as the Lord had forgiveness for you, so, I mean, it just it's just giving you things that you need to do if you feel like you, as I said, if you hit this wall and you're just wondering where, you know, where do I go from here, you know, what, what do I do? Well, I believe this book, where this book in this chapter 3 has all the answers for you. And then look at verse 14, and I'm going to close it with that. And more than all, have love, the only way in which you may be completely joined together. So love is the crowning touch of everything, even when you think about the other scripture where it says, now abides faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is what? Love. Love. And and, and like I said, that's probably going to be one of the things that we eventually talk of when we talk about the uh, when we talk about the, uh, the topic concerning God. We're going to talk about love and what love really is. So as I said before, I consider these the personal responsibility scriptures. You take responsibility for your behavior. You take the responsibility for making those changes in your life. You take the responsibility for putting to death that old man. You take the responsibility for putting on that new man, which was created in the knowledge and the image of his maker. And then it says, now you begin there's some behavior that you need to do after you do all this, and you got to start 
you know, let your behavior now be marked with pity and mercy and kind feeling and a low opinion of yourself and gentle ways and a power of un- undergoing all things. I mean, that you just, you have the ability to, to put up with some stuff and not faint in the mm-hmm. process. It says, you know, oh, being wait. gentle. You know, some people just need to learn how to be gentle. Some people just so harsh with their words and their actions. To be gentle to one another and have forgiveness for one another. It, I just cringe when I hear people on these reality shows and something tragic happen. I just, I just, I will never forgive that person. And it just, that statement, for some reason, I cringe every time I hear it because it is so against. Contrary. What, it, 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 it is just so against what, 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 what Jesus stands for and the people in there. No, that's because Christians and say it and make a statement like that. So, so I don't care how tragic a situation is. You can never, or you should never. No, I take that back. You should, you should never make that statement that I just refuse to give this person. I don't care what he has done or what she has done, because it said even as we need to do these things simply because God forgave us, and we had a lot of mess. <laughs> We had a lot of mess that he had to shake loose. <laughs> he had to just say, look, I'm not going to consider that no more. And I know I did. I had a lot of stuff that he just, and that's why I just felt so unworthy when I first got saved. I said, wow, I just don't feel worthy to receive all of this forgiveness. I just, I didn't think there was hope for me. And now that I have that hope and that peace and that love and that faith and that mercy and that forgiveness, oh, man, I just wanted to shed it other people as well. Now, I'm not going to cover that scripture anymore. Now you have to read that on your own and start doing it. Start putting it into practice. As I said last week to the people who are listening, that was your homework. Now, we're going to move on to what I call the law or the principle of the mind. And that's found over in Romans chapter 7. And if you want to interject anything or whether while we're going there, you can go ahead. Romans chapter 7, we're going to start at verse number 1. Yeah, I, I really like what you were saying about forgiveness and being. Because some people say, well, I, I said it. it's true. But, honey, just because it's true don't mean you got to say it so harsh and try to rip somebody's heart out. You're supposed to right. always do it in a loving way. Even if a person is wrong and you told them 50 times how to do something, either especially our children, I don't care if you got to tell them 51 more times, you got to say it with love. I mean, these stern still, I'm not saying be a pushover, especially when it relates to parenting and relationships, but you still got to cover all of that with love because at the end of the day, at the end of that conversation, at the end of whatever happened that was wrong or hurt your feelings, that's going to be in the past real soon. And so when you match that hurt with your hurt, that blows everything out of proportion. So we always got to remember, and I don't care if you got to be the one to remember it all the time until somebody gets it. You got to cover it with love. You got to cover yes, it with love because love yes, covers all. Love covers your mess. <laughs> love yes, covers sir. your mess. So that same grace and expectation of grace and mercy that you have, you got to extend it. You have to extend it. Even if people, you think somebody should know better, well, maybe people got a lot going on in their minds and in their households, which you will never know or could probably even manage. You still need to, to discipline, correct with love. That's Amen. what I got out of that, and I was reminded of, too. Because um, sometimes it's not about that person. It's about how you're going to respond to it. 
And love just has okay. to be received. Love, love is almost kind of when I when I think about those uh, Febreze commercials. You now they put these people into these environments that are old and stale and dilapidated and rotten food and all this, and they come in and they spray this environment or they put the plug in and blindfold the people and they take it off and because Febreze eliminated the odor or <laughs> the stench, they can believe that they was in this environment. Well, well, that's what God's love and His mercy is like. It's like spiritual Febreze. It, it, it just is rotten and stale and bad and and murderous and and stealing and raping and all that we do. God still has the ability to cover that stench that you once had if you turn from it. Uh-huh. He has the order to he has the order to he has the ability to spray that spiritual Febreze called his love, and you just have to receive it. And he said, I won't even remember it anymore. So it, it, it don't just cover the stench. It gets rid of it. <laughs> you get, it gets rid of it. Because at some point, the natural Febreze is going is going to uh, is going to fade away. And then the thing that is present there is going to rise again. There's so much for that. Well, Romans chapter 7 is... Wow, it's probably another one of these ones, and we're going to have to find a good starting place, and we're going to come back on next week and finish up this part. But I want to start in Romans chapter 7, verse 5, and it talks about the the law of the mind. It's what Paul is really dealing with here. And before verse 5, he's using the natural uh, law between a husband and a wife. Um, on this, and I'm, I'm not going to go into it because I don't have time to develop it. Um, but it says, let's start with verse five. I'm going to read from the King James version. But it says, for when we when we were in the flesh, and see, and you got to think, it it always refers past tense when it talks about because because he's writing to Christians, so he's not saying when when we are. He says, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So in other words, when we just didn't know any better, when we have the ability to fend ourselves against the power of sin, it said we went through those motions of sin because we were operating in a law called the law of sin and death. And that was prevalent in the members of our bodies, and because we engaged in those activities, it brought forth death or separation when we were involved in them. Look at verse number six, and it says, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead for end we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit. That small case spirit, uh, and also talks about your mind, that the newness of your mind and not in the oldness of the letter. So at some point he said, don't get so caught up on the letter of the law. And mm-hmm. when it talks about the law in this context, it's referring to the first five books of of the Bible, and what some people call the the, the Pentateuch. But he says, since we have been delivered from that, Christ delivered us from that power of that law. He said, we should now serve in the newness of spirit, or in the newness of our minds and our attitudes, and not in the oldness of the letter. Look at verse number seven. It says, what shall we say then? If, if, if the law sin, if it God forbid, no. 
I had not known sin but by the law. So in other words, he said the law isn't sin. The law just gives you a reminder of what sin is. Right. Because the law is what imputes or gives or, or gives power or gives the ability or gives life to sin. He said, for I had not known lust except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So if the, if the law didn't say thou shalt not covet, then lust is okay. But because now the law says you should not covet, then guess what? If you begin to lust or you begin to covet, then guess what? You're in sin. Yeah. But look at verse number 8. It said, but sin taken occasion by the commandment wrought in me or worked in me all manner of concupiscence. And that just means unrestrained lust. (laughs) For without the law, sin was dead. He said, for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. So every time, he said, so every time I reminded myself of the law, sin reared his head again and just reminded me just how sinful I really was. So he had to put to death that mindset that he was under the law and had to realize that he's now under the grace of God, which came by God's love. And that's how Paul had to renew his mind. But this is Paul talking in this context to to the Romans. Uh-huh. Look at verse 10. It says, And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be death unto me. For sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might be exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, so to understand. You know, so I don't want to, you know, so I don't want to deal with this part right now. Like, so we only have what about about ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I and know I that, that that's getting you know now, really deep now, and now, uh, on a different now, now, exit, which is good. Now, 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 what we're going to do is actually develop these one. How about? But let's drop down because I don't want to develop that right now because it's going to take probably a whole hour just to develop what he's talking about. Okay. Let's start verse fifteen. It says, "For that which I do, I allow not." So, so just think about so. So, this is the war that is always going on in my mind, in our mind. Mm-hmm. That which I, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not, or what I will, for for what I will, that I do not, or what I hate, that I do. So, in other words, when if I say I want to do good. Then it, 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 and we, we talk in past tense. He's talking about the law. He's not talking about present tense. He's talking about what he used to do. But he's he's he's, he's speaking in 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 the present because of the writing that he's doing. He said, "If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me." For I know that in me, and then it explains what he means, that is, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. 
for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So I'm going to finish reading it, then I'm going to go back and just pick out some excerpts, and we're going to start from there. I said, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law, and that's why I want to come in, talking about the law of the mind versus the law of sin and death. He said, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So he's talking about three laws here. He's talking about the, the law of sin and death, which comes through the law the letter of the law, which reminds you that. Because if you're always thinking thou shalt not, you always just always remembrance of sin, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're but if you operating in just so you know something, if if I'm operating in what I if not operate if I'm doing what I know to do and I'm constantly doing what I should be doing, then there's no reminder of that. But but Paul was so wrapped up in it because of the things that he did. He says, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. He said, that's a law. Or that's a principle. He said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. He said, but I see in a law, another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So, so just think about that. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about what, um, and I and I call this the I call this lesson the clash of the titans, <laughs> because because you have you have the law of sin or the law of sin and death, which which is going to talk about here in in uh in the next chapter Romans eight. If you finish reading it, there there's some light at the end of this tunnel. I know it sounds kind of confusing right now. But there is there is light at the end of the tunnel, and the light is, and that light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train; it is deliverance. Right, and people have to understand that there is like we like I stated earlier, and I I suppose Michael is agreeing that everything starts and begins in your mind, and everything yes. can end in your mind because you're thinking it through, you're trying to say how it's going to end, yada yada yada. So that has that's energy. So that energy is trying to make that happen. So with anything, when you're trying to change an old habit to a new habit, which renewing your mind is all about, you know, just to lay it out in the simplistic of terms, you're trying to change one habit, your old habit, to create a new habit, to create what you really want to happen in your life and to live um, godly. So that's, that's where we were wanting you to get to. So exactly. in trying to change the old habit or to change something that you used to do and stop doing it, there's a war going on because just like if I say cross your arms, you have a way of crossing your arms that's very, very comfortable to you. So I yes. say, and I do this in some of my workshops, cross your arms the other way. So if you like putting your um, left arm over your right arm, that's where you're the most comfortable, but I'm asking uh-huh. you as a trainer to cover your, put your right arm on top and your left, arm on the bottom in the reverse, that's real uncomfortable. 
So every time exactly. I ask you to do that, you're going to want to go back to the old way, if I'm saying, well, yeah. let's develop a habit. So that's what we're trying to tell you today, and that's why, Michael, is, is, is Romans 7 is so good for this teaching. Very good example. Um, Very good analogy. Because I like it. it's an old way of doing life, of doing you, as they said, do you. You have a yeah. way of doing you that's currently your mode that you go to when you're, you know, to be comfortable. So we're yeah. asking you to get uncomfortable. <laughs> So That's we're right. teaching That's you something new, and it's going to be very uncomfortable at first because it's something new. It's change, but I promise you, if you stick with this and you follow this and you un- you get some understanding and-, and contact Michael, he's really good at ex- explaining it further if you need um, some more conversations about it because I know we only have an hour, sometimes 90 minutes, to do a, a topic that is you know, that should take months actually to do. But we're going to try yeah. to give you the fast track and then, you know, the type of shift international is available for that one-on-one. So I'm just saying it's going to be uncomfortable, and I hope you're uncomfortable. I am at this moment very uncomfortable because <laughs> I know I'm getting ready to learn and do something different that's changed. So, okay, I said all that to say hang in there. <laughs> hang in there because it gets that's better. That's right. Hang in there. It's like I said, as I said before, there is light at at the tunnel. Um, and it's not like an oncoming train. Of... That's what I love. I love how you said <laughs> that. It's not an oncoming train. It's deliverance. It's revelation. Rel- it is. It yeah. is true, and it, it is true in what I call permanent deliverance. Um, because, like, as I said, when, when Jesus saves or when he delivers or when he protects, or when he preserves, and all these are the word, are synonymous word for save, or when he prospers, he does it to the utmost. There, there, there is no half-stepping with it, as I say. If you, did, let's just say you were bound, you're, you're bound by, by smoking a pack a day. Well, well, the world way would say, well, just kind of step it down. Well, you know, you, you're doing a pack a day. Well, that's, we're going to step it down to um, seven-eighths of a pack on today, and we're going to work our way down an, an eighth of a pack for the next eight weeks, and you should be deliverance. When Jesus comes in and he brings the deliverance, you go from a pack a day to not even a taste for it anymore. <laughs> that's 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 what I'm talking about, true deliverance. And 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 I can say this because it's not theory to me. It is, it it was real for me. I went from just straight up sin to, as they say, stopping cold turkey. And I'm not saying that the desire wasn't there to do it. Why? Because you have to constantly keep that old man crucified. That's what Paul is talking about. Every time you look to do right. Then evil is going to re- is going to raise his head. Why? Because you have a memory. Because you you have a memory. A lot of time is it's not the devil. We say the devil prompt that. Oh, no, it, it's, it's your memory. You just exactly. We give way too much credit for stuff. We and that's why I'm exactly. so glad about this it, series. Exactly. It, it's just something in your memory just brought back the remembrance of how that nicotine and that and that smoke tasted. But you have to decide at that time, you know something, I crucified that, you know, and that I, I put that on the cross with Christ, and it's never to live again. And you have to verbatimly say that out of your mouth, because if not, if you go back and forth in your mind, if you're wrestling in your mind with it, 
and you don't have a substantiation for it in the word of God or or in the word that God gives you personally, then guess what? The old man might win out because the old man is still under the law. The law is under, right. under the law of sin and death. And once we finish going through this portion of the study, you'll see um, in Romans chapter 8, because this, this, this actually, actually spills over into the next chapter, Romans chapter 8, which says, there is therefore now no condemnation or no judgment to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And that's capital S spirit, which refers to the Holy Spirit. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus so the law of the spirit of life is found in who? Christ Jesus. So the law of life exactly. is found in Christ Jesus. Hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And to say he is making me free or he will make me free, that is past, that is past perfect. He hath made, that's past perfect. He has made me free from the law of sin and death. So that's why I said once you accept his deliverance, there is no stepping down. As as, as I, we're going to talk about in the weeks to come, and you can put this in your notes, and we're going to make reference to it uh, in, in, in the weeks to come, is that when you are in the process of something, say say you're in the process of renewing your mind, then that means that you're going forward. Because the word process comes from the same word as proceed. And the word proceed means to go forth. So so, mm-hmm. for, so, when you're in the process of this renewing of your mind, there is no retreating. Because if you retreat, you're not processing, you are regressing. Well, you are taking a reset from your process. <laughs> so, 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 just think about when you say, I'm a work in progress, that means that I'm constantly going forward. You can't say you're a work in progress and you're constantly going back. You're going back to those old habits. Right, that's not a work in progress at all. No, you're not a work in progress. You're a work in the past. So, no, you're not a work in progress or you are not in the process of renewing your mind. If you're constantly going back, as Paul is is alluding to, if I keep going back to this old man, which is subject to the law of sin and death, and, and that basically is working in my members or the members of my body, he said, there's always going to be a war. Because when I want to do right, he's going to raise his old ugly head and say, no, you need to do this. Remember when you used to do this and we had so much fun and remember how your body used to feel when you did this? Because contrary to proper belief, your body is nothing but a slave. Your body does not have a mind of its own. So that's a, a phrase that I coined, that, your body does not have a mind of its own. Your body has to obey your mind. <laughs> so, so if, oh my if, goodness, I love that. So, so, so if your body is obeying your mind, that is, that has the mind of Christ, and guess what? Your body will always do the right thing. The only way your body does the wrong thing is because your mind tells it to do so. And I always use this simple example in, in, in this scenario, like you said. I always tell people, okay, raise your right hand. 
and everybody raised their right hand. I said, now, how did your right hand go in the air? And they think about, well, because my mind told to do so. Mm-hmm. That's, the only, that's the only way your right hand would have went up, because your body's a slave. It has to do what the mind instructs it to do. If the mind tells your body that there's a four-by-four four box that's on the floor, and I'm going to, I want you to put yourself in that box, then guess what? Your body has to obey that. And I've, I've seen mm-hmm. it. How many remember the show? That's incredible. And the guy that was the uh, the guy that was this. I think it was yoga. He was doing. He was actually able to put his his body into this two by two box. <laughs> and I'm quite sure wow. some of the way too young to remember that. And then he came out of that same box, but he did it one limb at a time, getting it down into that box. Why? Because he conditioned his mind to condition his body to do so. So you can condition yeah. your mind to condition your body to constantly, 100% of the time, obey the word of God. I know it sounds... I know we have given them a I lot know of it food sounds over. I know, it, <laughs> I know it sounds oversimplified, but but is it but is but is actually a reality and 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 that's what we're gonna deal with in this aspect so on so next week for your homework, I want you to read the entire chapter of Romans seven and also the entire chapter of Romans eight. I was hoping you would say Romans eight I was hoping yeah. I love Romans because they go 8. together, okay. Because they go together. So, I mean, it's not just, no, yeah. just because they divide it by chapter don't mean that the thought changes. Exactly. Exactly. Now I'm going ahead of myself on this one, too. And this is covered in how to study the Bible. Believe it or not, chapters and verses were put in the Bible just for ease of study and for ease of reference. That's the only reason they're there. They were not in the original manuscripts. What? Chapters weren't? No. It's just one complete letter. The translators back in, I think I have those, I know I have to find it, and I'll, I'll talk about it when we talk about how to study the Bible, was that chapter and verse divisions were never in original, original manuscripts. We They were put in by the translators and the publishers for ease of study and reference. Like I, like I'm telling people now, I want you to turn to Romans chapter eight, verse one. Then they they can go straight there. Now, if, if there were no chapter and verse divisions, I would have to say, okay, I want you to go to the seventeenth paragraph of the letter of Romans, and we're going to stop right there, start right there, and probably about the uh, the seventeenth paragraph, and we're going to start at about the fifth sentence. Now, see how easy it is to say, to say Romans chapter 8, verse 1? I've got to say thank God for chapters. i really got to say thank God for chapters. Okay. See, see, now you usually got a tidbit of Bible history and Bible, how to study the Bible. And we're going to talk about that in a later lesson. Called, believe it or not, that's actually part of the discipleship study course. So we're going to talk about that sometime this year. Yeah, but in the meantime, and in between, we don't know how long we're going to be um, 
on this renewing your mind, and then we got to go to um, some other things that we talked about. But in closing, because I, I know people, you know, you're enjoying this study, but i got to run. Michael has to run. And we want you yeah. all to, to take this and think about it all day long, all until you, yeah. we come back together next Tuesday. But I do have a challenge, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase from the Miles Monroe, the principal's, and benefits of change, and he says, I challenge you to become someone who initiates change. And we're, when I say change, I want you to um, think of it as being synonymous with re- renewing your mind because that's what change is. I challenge you to become someone who initiates change, who makes things happen, to fulfill your purpose, and who contributes your particular gifts to your generation. There are people who say I'm open to change as long as it doesn't affect me, as long as it doesn't cost me anything, but all change will cost something, even if it's just the loss of the familiar. And that's what we want you to do with the renewing of your mind. We want you to lose those things that you're so comfortable with, and we talked about that earlier. And then he goes on to say, we must be willing to let go of what isn't working for us in order to pursue what is best for us. Are you willing to let go of the past, and and I'm paraphrasing, and the way you used to do things and think about things and become proactive about the future? If so, you are ready to start this process that Michael and I are talking about, renewing of your mind, and that's, of course, me paraphrasing some things with um, Dr. Miles Monroe. So that's our challenge for you. We want, If you want different things, if you want to be different, if you want to tap into um, all that God has for you, then you first got to learn who God is and have a relationship with him, which we talked about yeah. at the beginning of this. Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael. We talked about the relationship part of it, which is by far the most important thing you can do. And then yes, we start giving you some benefits, and and now we're and we talked about faith, and we're going to talk about how to pray and what is prayer. But now we're talking about renewing your mind because these are steps that we feel like if you take them in this order, and then you know maybe not the whole um, series that we do on a particular subject, but take them in bits and pieces, it will create not a better you, but the you you were destined created to become. That's what we yes. want for you. All right, Michael. So we can close out. You want to say Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas to anybody while we while well, we I, I, I want to wish everyone. I want to wish everyone a very, very merry Christmas and enjoy yourselves. Be a light to those who are in darkness that are around you. Those who may not know Christ during this time, you be the light. You be that epistle that they may never read. Uh, you be their living example for them and. Just remember, Jesus is truly the reason for the season. Not a cliche; it is, it is truth. Uh, so right, because he is real and he is alive and seated yes, at the is. right hand. So, um, happy Merry Christmas to your family, Michael. From my family, we love you guys so Thank much. You. Can't wait to um, join you, and then year coming up with you know. Th- to be changed, to make this world a better place. And it happens with each one of us becoming better and the person we were created to become. So that's my prayer for um, everybody. And what I'm leaving in 2012, Michael, and I want you to share too, I'm leaving behind talking on the phone while I drive because it worries my mother is not safe. And so I've committed to leaving something in 2012, and, and that's just one of the biggest things that I'm leaving in 2012, and that is talking while I am driving. So, Michael, what are you leaving in 2012 so that you can replace mm. it with something great in 2013? 
Yeah, I want everybody to think about it. you got to leave something. It's like cleaning out a closet. you got to take stuff out to replace yeah. it, to get new stuff in. So you got to leave something behind to move when you're moving forward. And that's part of change. That's part of renewing your mind. That's part of becoming who you were meant to become. And talking on that phone, I mean, nothing is that important that i got to talk about until I can get to a safe place where I can stop and talk. So I'm definitely oh, giving that up. Wait. Well, here's the real. I'm I'm leaving behind mediocrity in 2012, and I'm walking in the full realm of greatness starting in 2013. Um, okay, and that starts now. You don't wait until that clock strikes 2013, exactly. right, Michael? You started exactly. doing that now. Like I've already started not talking on the phone while I'm driving. And there are a ton of other things that we'll we'll continue to share because next um, week we'll do the Monday thing again, and we can talk about leaving some things behind and what our expectations are for 2013 as part of our Renewing Our Mind. Sounds good. All right. All right. I've enjoyed this show. Even though I was wondering maybe we could put it off, I'm so glad we didn't. I'm so glad we didn't put it off. So um, Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll see you next week on Loretta McNary Live presents Tuesdays with Michael Farmer, our spiritual, personal coach and guru. Um, I love you all, and I pray for the very best for you in all things. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Be blessed.